Welcome to the Popcorn Talk Network. For the online broadcast network that features movie discussion, news, and interviews, press one. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. From the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network for movie talk, Scott Movie Mance with Alicia Malone and the Schmoes Know, this is Profiles, in-depth spotlights on the greatest filmmakers and artists in motion picture history. Hello, Profilers! Profilers. Welcome to episode 14 of Profilers. What? What? We've been doing this for three months now. Time has been flying by. Crazy. It's only a matter of time before we got to the biggest actress yes. on the face of the earth and in Hollywood, Julia, Julia Roberts. And what is it about Julia Roberts for more than 25 years? She's just maintained this amazing career. Well, first off, I feel like we should address why we're looking like newsreaders right now. Good idea. <laughs> so we decided we wanted to dress up as Pretty Woman. If you're listening on iTunes, worth going to YouTube to have a look at this because if you know me at all, you know that I am not the kind of person that wears skimpy outfits because it's just not my jam. There's nothing wrong with it, and I I think I probably look good in it, but it's just I'm not comfortable. But I willingly and suggested this outfit. <laughs> yes, uh, she did. This was her idea. I feel like right now you can only see the shirt, so I'll I'll get up for you and I'll show you what I'm wearing, which I bought on Hollywood Boulevard. Okay, okay now here here's the deal. We usually wear t-shirts that are themed with our filmmakers, but there are a whole lot of Julia Roberts t-shirts, so Alicia Malone's idea to dress up as, as Vivian from... Pretty woman, complete down to the outfit, and she went to Hollywood Boulevard for this outfit. And of course, she said, "Do you have the pretty woman outfit?" And they're like, "Sure, we do." Yeah, I went to a really trashy store. They were like, "Yes, we have it." And then I realized, "Oh, I cannot wear this on TV." So I decided to go for the for the pretty woman, the Vivian, when she goes shopping with Edward. I bought the shirt to wear over the top of it. But it's funny because looking at our camera right now, we just look like we're newsreaders. But. Uh, but no, you are you looking suave. Like well, well, thank you, Gere. thank you. I'm, well, I, I try to. Well, we, no one's going to be talking about what I'm wearing on the show. Schmoville <laughs> oh, is going to crash when they see your it's outfit. Right, we'll do photos later so you can see it. Properly, You'll do but, photos, yes. And and, I, and when I was talking to you before this, uh, I look like someone, but I can't picture who because I have my hair cut. It's a little shorter than I wanted, but that's fine. I'll rock it. But this haircut with the shirt, with the shirt who and do skirt, I look like? I, I'm trying to figure it out. I feel like it's Drew Barrymore just because you're like, like the Australian from version the 90s. of Drew Barrymore. Barrymore. Maybe it's like a bit of Sharon Stone or something? No, 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 no. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But anyway. if you know what it is, make sure you let us know. <laughs> yes. Comment, uh, you know, rate us, review us on iTunes, comment on YouTube, Profiles, Profiles on Twitter. Or go to Profiles with Malona Mance on the Schmozno Network, our Facebook page. Yeah. Give it a like, comment. Give it a like. Let us know what you think of our outfits, especially hers. Yeah, I don't know about that, but let's get into Julia Roberts. Roberts. She is America's sweetheart. sweetheart. She's a box office queen, one of the most famous actresses in the world, like you said, over 25 years over 35 films her films have totally grossed about i think 2.6 billion dollars and right. she's so great at playing the fish out of water and also the girl next door which is funny because she has one of the most famous faces ever but i i know you've got to meet her i interviewed her about this time last year for august osage county and i felt like i knew her I felt like I had 
because I'd grown up with her. I felt like I knew her as a person. She was lovely. And even when I accidentally insulted her, just with my poor choice of words, she did the great laugh. And I died when I heard that laugh and that big smile. She is a star. Well, I grew up with her movies too, although I was a little older when I saw them. All all of them in theaters. But what I've always loved about Julia Roberts is that the way she commands the screen, she is a movie star in every sense of the word, Mm -hmm. a movie star with a capital M. Yes. She possesses sexuality strength, vulnerability, charm. She can do drama. She can do comedy. Mm -hmm. And she can really do it all. But yeah, so this past January at the Critics' Choice Awards, I sat at the table with the rest of the cast of Augusto Sage County because as a critic, you get invited to these things. Mm -hmm. And I sat right next to Julia Roberts. And when I saw that that my name was right next to hers. I got a little nervous. (laughs) But then when she sat down and during all the commercial breaks, we were talking about movies, totally disarming. And I just, it just felt like, oh, well, what do you know? She's like a really cool person. She's so lovely. And people forget that she has been nominated for four Oscars and she won one of those. That's right. She is a great actress at the same time being so lovely to watch in romantic comedies, which we all just enjoy. And Erin Brockovich, that made her the first actress ever to make $20 million. And, you know, the thing about Julia Roberts, she's like, she's kind of like Tom Cruise in that respect. She's so popular. Mm -hmm. She makes such great movies consistently over the years that you don't appreciate or most people don't appreciate. Wow, she was nominated for a pretty woman. I yes. mean, she was nominated for Steel Magnolias. It was her first. Yeah. I mean, she really is a great actress. And Roger Ebert, when reviewing Pretty Woman back in 1990, summed up Julia Roberts. And this is before she became like, quote unquote, Julia Roberts. <laughs> he says, Julia Roberts gives her character a bouncy sense of humor, then spends the rest of the movie trying to repress it. <laughs> Actresses who can do that and look great have whatever they want in Hollywood. Yeah, it's true. And Gary Marshall, who directed her in Pretty Woman, says she's a cross between Audrey Hepburn, Lucille Ball, and Bambi. Bambi. Which I love. That's right. Well, you know, that's a good mix. It is a good mix. But what a great life, what a great career. And let's take a look back at her wonderful life right now. Julia Fiona Roberts was born on October 28, 1967 in Smyrna, Georgia. Her mother, Betty, and her father, Walter, were both actors and playwrights, and together they co-founded the Actors and Writers Workshop in Atlanta, Georgia. As a child, Julia loved animals and originally wanted to be a veterinarian, although she later studied journalism. It wasn't until her older brother, Eric, found success as an actor in Hollywood that she decided to give acting a try. Julia got her big break in 1988 when she made two back-to-back films, Satisfaction and Mystic Pizza, the latter of which was critically acclaimed. Her career really took off the following year when she received her first Academy Award nomination as Best Supporting Actress for Steel Magnolias. But all bets were off in 1990 when her Oscar-nominated performance in Pretty Woman made her a star. In the years to come, she would become the most successful actress in Hollywood. Julia Roberts finally won her first Oscar as Best Actress for 2000's Aaron Brockovich. And she's been married to cameraman Danny Motor since 2002. Together, they have three children. Hollywood, what's your dream? 
Oh yeah, way to go, Pit Boss! Throw that, that in that there. In. I had to keep it in. Oh, that's I love so that. great. Yeah, that's so great. <laughs> well, what was the the first time you saw Julia Roberts in a movie? The first time, my first blood was Pretty Woman. There you go, shocker. I know it's one of my favorite films. I watch it so many times. I still know all the words. I must have seen this when I was really young because I had no idea what was going on in the movie. I was too young to understand the basic premise. I remember that scene when she's like, "I'm a safety girl." I thought that she was bringing out safety pins and she was, oh. <laughs> she was giving him a safety pin. I had no idea, but I still loved it. And that was because of Julia Roberts. She's so charming and so wonderful as Vivian that you can't help but really like her. And then, as I mentioned on the John Hughes show, whenever I was sick, I would watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off followed Pretty by Woman. Pretty Woman. I still know all the words. I just watched it on the weekend again and I still love it. It's so great. What's your name? What's your name? What do you want it to be? Yeah. What do you want it to be? I love that. <laughs> but yeah, this is the pretty woman. I just rewatched it again, obviously for prepping for profiles, uh-huh. which is, which is the best part of doing prep and for And fun work to watch it. Like now I live in LA. Oh yeah. And I can see all the different places. And you I'm know, like, like you know yeah. where they are. I'm yeah. like, I live here. Yes. It's very, very cool. But pretty woman is definitely a movie that, that it's an iconic film, mm-hmm. but after you haven't seen it for a while and you go back and watch it again, you're like, wow, this movie really is great. It's well so, made. It's well made. It's a great story, a yes. great screenplay. It's very sexy, very romantic. Uh-huh. We'll get to all we'll that. We'll get to that. What was your first book? My first book goes back a couple of years before Pretty Woman. It was Mystic Pizza. I've never seen it. Okay. See it? I, I have to. You know I what? missed it. You will like it. Why? I know you'll like it because, well, I'll tell you why. Tell Alicia. me. It's because it is a great coming-of-age movie about these three great friends working at a pizza joint in Mystic, New York. And it's Lily Taylor, Annabeth Gish, and Julia Roberts. Yes. And Lily Taylor's great in the movie, so is Annabeth Gish, but Julia Roberts just cleans house steals with her performance. She steals the show. Always. And does. I remember when I watched this movie for the first time in 1988, I went, whoa, <laughs> who is that? That is a movie star. She's going to be huge. The next year, she had Steel Magnolias. The year after that, boom, Pretty, Pretty Woman. Woman. And then she was Julia Roberts. She was Julia Roberts with a capital J-R. Yes. Well, let's get into our Fast Five, shall we? Yes, let's Number do so. Number five is... I'm lucky I don't have to wait anymore. Mom's uh, going to give me one of her kidneys. Steel Magnolias. Magnolias. November 22nd, 1989 was when it came out, which Ooh. means it is now the 25th anniversary of Steel wow. Magnolias, nominated for one Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress, Julia Roberts. Well, this film was important for Julia's career because not only did it start to launch her as the star she became and give her her first Oscar nomination, it proved that she could go toe-to-toe with some of the biggest actresses in Hollywood. No question. When you're talking about Shirley MacLaine, Olympia Dukakis. Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton, Sally Field. Daryl Hannah. I love Dolly Parton too, the, by the way. But this, but you're right. She really held her own in this movie against so all of them. Against Sally Field. I mean, Sally Field kind of like, she's like a tall glass of water. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like she walks into any scene and she just like is so overly dramatic. I mean, it, and I mean in that a as a compliment. Way. I mean that as a compliment. I yes. love and adore Sally Field. But this was a big role. She held her own. And it's interesting. You have all these great actresses. You know, of course, the play was written by Robert Harling mm-hmm. and a man. Mm-hmm. And he wrote such a strong female 
dialogue driven movie. Yeah. And again, another film watching it again recently, I was surprised by A, how much more I liked it mm-hmm. than I did when I first saw it. You know, I'm a guy. Yeah. Not really a guy's kind it's of movie. More of a girl's you know, film. definitely a, I want to say it's a chick flick, but it's definitely a woman's film. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, I really, really liked it a lot. Like I was able to appreciate it with the perspective of watching Julia yes. with all these great actresses and actors. Well, it's the camaraderie between all the ladies that I love. Uh, such strong characters. I think there's someone that you love and someone that you love to hate in the cast. Robert Harling, it was based on a play that he wrote and he wrote it after his sister Susan died. It's all about coping with loss. I remember seeing the play first and this was at school. They had a school production of it and there was this really cool girl who I always looked up to. She was a couple of years ahead of me. She looked exactly like Drew Barrymore. It's freaky. It's like Drew Barrymore had a doppelganger. And so I was obsessed with her because I loved Drew Barrymore. And so she was in the play. She played Shelby. So I loved that play. And then I saw the movie and I absolutely adore it. Every time I watch this, I I hope that Shelby doesn't die. A spoiler alert. Sorry if you haven't seen it. But <laughs> all bets it are off. <laughs> always makes me cry. And there's always some hope that she's going to survive. And she never does. Well, full disclosure, you are the Australian version of Drew Barrymore. Oh, I wish. Just FYI. I said that before on another show. I'm saying I it again now. I love that. For the record, yes. But uh, yeah, listen, uh, watching the movie, knowing where it's going to go, you still you still get choked up. It yes. is still a, a major, major tearjerker. Tugs at the heartstrings. And Robert Harling said when he first saw Julia Roberts for this role, he said about her, quote, when she walked in, somebody just turned the lights on in the room. She flashed that smile. Oh, that smile. That smile. And I love the dialogue. You can definitely tell that it's based on a play because so much is self-contained. So much is about the dialogue. All the different characters are great. I, that scene when Sally Field does her big emotional breakdown oh, yeah. at the end, which is just so heartbreaking. And then Olympia Dukakis as Clary is like, if you're going to hit something, hit this and pushes Shirley MacLaine forward and that breaks the tension. And it's so funny. This is definitely a film that that has a special place in my heart and Julia is so beautiful in it even with that horrible haircut yeah well it was the south <laughs> and why and tell me why do they call it steel magnolias oh yes uh steel magnolias the title apparently refers to how the female characters are as tough as steel but also fragile like magnolia flowers well said well but said it's so rare isn't it to have this kind of female-led film you know i'm always on about this a great ensemble cast and great female characters they actually gave the men more to do for the film version than they actually did in the play Place. Oh, interesting. Pretty I much didn't all know women, that. yeah. Well, in the, in the New York Times review that came out back in 1989, 1989, <laughs> whoa, okay, said that Julia has, quote, the kind of mega intensity the camera cannot fully absorb. Wow. Like her intensity is just too much for the camera. And a well little bit of said. trivia, uh, in... In Australia, in Sydney, one of the first stage production roles that Nicole Kidman had was to play Shelby. Oh. So it's a great character that a lot of great actresses have done and pretty much none better than Julia Roberts. She's made it her own. Absolutely she has. And, you know, uh, Schmoville, our friend Leanne. Yeah, Leanne. Leanne loves Steel Magnolias. She says, Steel Magnolias simply kills me. Oh, yeah. Julia played Shelby so well that your heart is literally breaking by (laughs) the end of the movie, laughing and crying at the same time. Yes. Yes. Definitely agree about that. Very, very true. And there's so many great scenes that Julia Roberts has been in. So, in our right stuff. What's yours? Okay. What's your dream? What's my dream? What's your dream? 
I was thinking about one from Pretty Woman, but actually I'm going to go with Ocean's 12, the looky-loo with the bundle of joy. <laughs> that, that incredible heist plan that the guys came up with to have T- Julie Roberts, who plays Tess, play Julie Roberts, one of the most famous actresses in the world playing herself. It's very meta. Very meta. It's a, it's a great satire moment on, on fame. Uh, there's this there's this line that Matt Damon's character says to her where it says, you don't even have to talk. Give them a big smile. Wave at the cameras. You're an image to these people. You're like an object. No one actually knows you. It's so over the top and ridiculous, this scene, but I just love what it says. And I love that Julia was willing to poke fun at herself and play this character. She played the pregnant Julia Roberts. And uh, Bruce Willis shows up and Bruce Willis you know, calls her by her nickname, mentions her publicist names. There's little details in there from Julia life it's all very very meta i love that scene well you just inspired me yeah you just inspired me with another meta julia moment that came years like 13 years before oceans 12 what was that now originally i was going to go with the scene in pretty woman as my right stuff yeah and i'm still going to mention it but i've now officially changed my right stuff to the scene at the end of the player Oh, yeah. Yeah, the player came out in 1992, so that was 12 years before Ocean's 12. Yeah. Robert Altman's one of my favorite Robert Altman movies. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. It holds up exceptionally well. I forgot that Julia's in it. Julia's in it. Well, remember during the pitch meetings with Griffin Mill, the the, uh, producer played by, uh, the studio exec played by Tim Robbins, all the people who are pitching their stories to Griffin Mill, they're saying, oh, yeah, I got this great story, and I think I can get Julia Roberts, (laughs) and and I think I can get Bruce Willis. So the movie within the movie at the end of the film, at the end of the play, player shows Julia Roberts on death row. She's about to get executed. And then Bruce Willis breaks in with a shotgun being his typical sort of action hero self because it was like right around the time of Die Hard and Die Hard 2. And he saves her and he's carrying her in his arms, carrying Julia Roberts in his arms. And she goes, what took you so long? And he looks at her and goes, traffic was a bitch. (laughs) It's so great. Yay. I love that moment. And it's another example of how Julia is willing to poke fun at her Herself, which is so refreshing to see. Now, a lot of great trivia about Miss Julia Roberts. A lot of great details. Should I hit you with one? Hit me up. Okay, well, not only, like I mentioned before, did she break the barriers for female actresses by being the first one to make $20 million on a film with Aaron Brockovich, but before that, back in 1996, she set a world record with her payment of $10 million for Mary Riley. So she is just smashing that glass ceiling left, right, and center. And then in 2003, she got paid $25 million for Mona Lisa Smile. Always setting the bar resetting the bar raising the bar rather amazing well did you know that Shelby in Steel Magnolias was originally supposed to be played by and she was contracted to do this Mm -hmm. Meg Ryan Interesting. Meg Ryan was supposed to play Shelby. Not like she was in consideration or they were talking to her. She was like set. Really? But then Meg Ryan got offered another movie. The producers let her out of Steel Magnolia so she could make this other movie. The other movie, When Harry Met Sally. Oh, good Now that was a very, very good choice. Very good choice. Hit me up again. Well, speaking about payments, did you know that after George Clooney and Brad Pitt found out that Julia was going to be in Ocean's Eleven (laughs) with them, they sent her a card that read, we heard you get 20 per film, and it was a $20 note inside. Those those pranksters. Guys, those crazy, wacky pranksters. I love it. You know, Pitt and Clooney and Damon, they just sure know how to, like, poke fun. Love those guys. Well, did you know that the original title for Pretty Woman was $3,000. I read that. 
And why was it $3,000? That was how much she got paid. For the week. For the week. Being well, Beck and Call Girl. You, you got another one? This is kind of fun. I like doing these trivia ones. Oh, okay. Did you know that she was considered for the role of Poison Ivy in Batman and Robin? What? Glad she didn't do that. Whoa. I mean, Uma, Uma she, was... she did the best she could, but it was in a just movie a terrible that was, Yeah, it's script. a bad movie. Yeah. Well, just one little one throw, more throw out there. Okay. Uh, the waitress in the beginning of Erwin Brockovich yes. was the real Erwin Brockovich. At the diner. Yeah, yeah. And the name tag on her shirt, on her uh, skirt, was Julia. Julia. Oh, there oh, you go. A little bit of a nice. flip. Isn't that kind of nice? I kind of like that. Lovely. Lovely. Well, let's keep things going with our fast five number four. Which, which is? I'm also just a girl standing oh. in front of a boy asking him to love her. <gasps> Notting Hill. Notting Hill. So gorgeous. So great. Such a great romantic comedy. This came out <laughs> May 21st, 1999. You know what else came out that weekend, Alicia? What? Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. There you go. And do you know the one person who probably would have wanted to see both of those in cinema on the weekend? Christian Harloff. Opening weekend. Christian Harloff. Most number one guy. Julia Roberts. Loves Star- loves Julia Roberts. Loves her. Star Wars. Even loves The Phantom Menace. So I don't know why. <laughs> but yeah, talk about a great weekend. Perfect counter programming to have a romantic comedy with Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant. Yes. This movie was nominated for three Golden Globes. For Best Picture in a Comedy, Best Actress in a Comedy for Julia, mm-hmm. Best Actor in a Comedy for Hugh Grant. Oh. Really amazing chemistry and another meta moment for Julia. Yeah, Julia says this isn't an autobiographical autobiographical <laughs> film, I should say, but there are definite similarities between the two. You know, she plays a famous actress who can't go anywhere without being recognized, and that's her herself. I love this movie. It is a complete fairy tale. It's a fantasy, something that would probably never happen but it's just such a great idea a great concept and it's got some really funny moments some very quotable lines like uh, whoopsie daisies (laughs) no one said whoopsie daisies for 50 years and even then it was only little girls with blonde ringlets I love the characters. I love Spike. Spike of oh, Resiphons. Yeah, he, he is steals great. this movie. Very, very funny. And Hugh Grant, this is him at his most charming with his floppy hair and everything. I love it. it apparently, um, uh, who was it? Richard Curtis said that he, he was lying awake at night and he was thinking about what would happen if someone famous fell for someone just every day and what, what their life would be like and so he came up with this idea I wish I came up with good ideas while I'm lying awake at yeah, night yeah can you imagine and happens. just make a movie out of it make millions Damn and millions it. of dollars uh, Richard Curtis of course <laughs> uh, was a great director he did uh, Love Actually yes, and uh, Four Weddings and Funeral Four Weddings and a Funeral this movie was directed by Roger Mitchell mm-hmm. cost 43 million dollars to make worldwide box office 364 million dollars I always love when I read how great moments in film that they weren't scripted. Yes. That they were improvised. And there was a there's one coming up in a Julia Roberts movie later on in our show. I know it. You know what it is. <laughs> Not in the script was the moment uh, at the restaurant when Anna Scott, Julia Roberts' character, tells off the other diners. Who are talking about Anna Scott. Yes. And I reckon that's happened to Julia before. Uh, you know, come on. Can you imagine sitting there and then hearing people talk about you in that way? And Because no. you just got to be careful. You got to yeah. look around, look around who's in the Especially room. Especially in Hollywood. Especially in this town, yes. I do love in Notting Hill, it's very similar to 
um, Roman Holiday, yep. which is one of my favorite films, uh, with Audrey Hepburn as the princess, Gregory Peck as the reporter, right down to that press conference scene, which you see at the end of Notting Hill. And yeah. that's very similar to the press conference scene in Roman Holiday. There's a reason why that kind of film works, because it is a, a Cinderella story. And, you know, for you and me to watch that movie... Cinderella story for the guy, I'd say. It is. It's a ver- it's Cinderella in reverse. Yeah. But uh, to, for you, for people like you and me who we cover junkets... Numerous, numerous times. Yes. I mean, it's our careers. It's our jobs. That scene. That the press scene. junket scene. Yes. And yeah. to see, do a press junket without having seen the movie. That's yeah. That's our nightmare. That's that is nightmare. our nightmare. I love that scene because also anytime someone says to me, what, what is a press junket like? Or they don't really understand what I do. I say, you know, that scene in Notting Hill when uh, Hugh Grant pretends to be from Horse and Hound. It's exactly like that. You walk in, someone with a clipboard ushers you through. And then there's like a little child actor who's done a million films and someone with a translator. And it's so funny. And you never see that side of filmmaking on screen and no, it is don't. part of the whole process this press junket it is important part it's very you never important. see it it's kept hidden it's very it's very important not every not every actor actress loves to do them no you know I mean they should it's their yeah. job it's just a couple days come on people lucky Be nice. Julia Be on. is one of these people who is fantastic she gets to it. interview she- Totally gets it. Yes. And also getting it, some of our friends in Schmelville, like Seb Lacey. Yeah. Who says about Notting Hill, I like the chemistry between Julia and Hugh Grant, as well as supporting characters. It's one of Julia's best roles, and you can see the vulnerable side of celebrity. I mean, that's what we're talking mm. about with Julia, is that she's so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I love the end scene in the park with the two on the bench. It's just a great ending. <gasps> oh, that's It's really beautiful. intimate, right? Well, Brian Chandler says, I think the reason I love Notting Hill is because it is the reverse of conventional things. This is true. Ladies always want to believe that the movie star will fall in love with them, but we get to see the opposite perspective, which makes Notting Hill even more charming. The chemistry between Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant is smooth, and while they are seemingly opposite, they go together tremendously. I also like that we get to see a different side of the film industry, one that takes a look at how films are promoted, which in turn reminds me of Scott and Alicia. They are horse and hound. Love you guys. I like that bit where he's like, so are there any horses in the film? Well, we wanted to, but it is set in space. <laughs> horse very, and hound. Very, horse very and hound. Well, let's move on then to talk about an actress with a big smile mm-hmm. and a lot of, of great movie posters in yes. our big picture, yes. including one that inspired one of our good friends, one <laughs> of our great profiles, Tom Smith, to come up with a version of, of one of the iconic Julia Roberts movie posters. Let's I hear the big picture. What better way to kick things off than a big picture within a big picture? Larger-than-life movie star Julia Roberts played a larger-than-life movie star in 1999's Notting Hill. And this stunning one-sheet could not have captured the metatone of the film more perfectly. The star power for 2001's Ocean's Eleven was so massive, the one-sheet for Steven Soderbergh's Rat Pack remake featuring Julia with George Clooney, Matt Damon, and Brad Pitt was the movie poster equivalent of a supernova. And then there's the iconic one-sheet for 1990's Pretty Woman, the movie that made Julia Roberts a superstar. Except for one thing, that's not Julia's body. Her face was superimposed over the body of famous double Shelley Michelle. So we did the same thing with Profile's co-host Alicia Malone. And, well, that's what we call a pretty woman indeed. Though she's not going to be your beck and call girl. Big thanks to Tom Smith for the meme. That's right. I ain't no beck and call gal, but I do like that body on 
make is it possible to just have a body double 24 7 i don't think you need it i don't think you need it alicia no way you're rocking this outfit right now (laughs) i've got a jacket over my legs you can't see my legs well let's just uh, skip ahead to a number three in our fast five which is marry me let me make you happy Oh, uh, my best friend's wedding. Another this, great romantic comedy. Yes. This one came out on June 20th, 1997. Directed by PJ Hogan. Australia. Also did Muriel's Wedding. Which is a fantastic Aussie movie. Everyone should watch it if they haven't because it's really funny and it stars Tony Collette. It stars Tony Collette. Great movie. And so is My Best Friend's Wedding. Mm-hmm. And cost $38 million to make. Worldwide box office just over 3 Hundred million. Oh. Interesting thing about my best friend's wedding is, you know, now we look back on it. Oh, it's just a, one of one of our best films. But mm-hmm. at the time, it was a return to form for Julia That's because right. you know she had done a couple of other films that didn't really do that well. Of course, she's an actress; she's going to branch out, try new things. Didn't really work. Mary Riley didn't didn't work. Not not a great film. Michael Collins. I mean, it was more Liam Neeson, mm. but, uh, you know, again, not really a Julia Roberts movie. And then here she was back in a romantic comedy mm-hmm. where she's flashing the smile and she's just really just being – she's the Julia Roberts that people want to see. But it's different for her because she's actually playing the villain in a way because she's setting out to break up this couple and she'll do whatever is necessary. But – you can't help still like her. Even when she does terrible things, you're still rooting for you're her still character. still rooting for her. Yeah, she's so charming. She's likable. I love the dialogue in this movie. I think it's a really well-written film. I like the conceit, the whole setup of it. But two things stood out for me when I watched this again. Number one, this is the kind of film, when I talk about the influx of the big superhero movies that we're getting lately, this is the kind of film that suffers from it because, you know, nowadays we have the huge blockbusters or we have the little indie films and we don't so much get the the great romantic comedies. I love My Best Friend's Wedding. My Best Friend's Wedding is terrific. It's definitely one of our favorite Julia Roberts movies. It's also one of our favorite movies starring Dermot Mulroney, who is joining us right now. Dermot, you are on Profiles and you're on with Alicia and Scott. Thank you. Hey, hey guys. How you doing? We're doing great. Thanks so much for joining us. We're so excited to talk to you and to talk about the beautiful Julia Roberts. We'll just speaking about thank you for having me on she's so lovely we're just speaking about my best friend's wedding which i rewatched again the other night i love it why do you think it still holds up after so many years you know i i don't really rightly know what i (laughs) what i know is i've gone through the it's like 18 years or something and uh, it's it's actually somehow gotten better over time people yes. love it more now than they did when they originally enjoyed it, it it's matured very well it's uh it's uh for whatever reason i think it's kind of like a timeless movie it certainly qualifies as a classic now mm. right or almost <laughs> well it's interesting um, when i was uh when i was rewatching it i i actually felt the same way i remember liking it when it came out in the 1997 but i was like wow this is this is really a great film and you know i understand that julia actually she actually fought for you and cameron diaz to round out the cast so that must have been pr- a pretty cool feeling to have julia roberts going to bat for you yeah well i learned that after the after the fact of course um but i remember the moment i walked into audition for that role certainly it was a big part to try and get um, and uh, that's the first that I laid eyes in real life on Julia. So it was a 
stunning moment, as you can imagine. Yeah. But I, I managed to keep my head and read with her um, and landed the role from that audition. P.J. Hogan, the director, was there to, uh, to cast me that day. So we got to be friends right off the bat, she and I. And you're still friends to this day. When you're working with her, did your impression of her change? What, 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 what can you tell us about the way she works? Oh, she's so fantastic to work with. You know, of course, we were younger then, and uh, and not that we didn't take our job seriously, but the nature of these two movies, because I went around with her again on August Osage County just mm. last year, um, which is a much different movie. So yeah. it was uh, really cool to be working with a friend, somebody I already love, but uh, on something so... Uh, so vastly different in intensity. So um, I know what she does now. I can see that she brings her uh, full devotion to these roles and her A game every time she steps on the set. It was really cool to watch her do. A, I mean, obviously, August Osage County is somewhat of a comedy, but uh, it's got strong dramatic elements. So it was uh, really amazing to be up close with her. And Middle Street and Chris Cooper and the rest of that uh, great yeah. cast. Eat the fish. Well, eat the fish. Eat the fish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that moment. Can you imagine uh, learning those lines? No, the, I uh, can't. Because they're so similar. I mean, obviously, it's from a famous play, so there other actors have gone before us in these roles, which is in its own right kind of cool that uh, these characters have been inhabited previous to us getting them. Um, but that thing, I don't know how they did that. I literally don't know how those, how you even learn what order those lines go. <laughs> Definitely not. Well, well, let's go back to my best friend's wedding for a moment because the ending, the ending, the guy did not get the girl, or I should say the girl, the girl yeah. did, did not get, get the, the guy. guy. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Well, you asked earlier what I think makes it an extraordinary movie, and it's really that. Um, and a lot of times in creative things, you'll see that it's not the most unique and cutting edge thing that makes the thing unusual. In this case, like is uh, often the case, it's the simplest thing. Yeah. Mm. So what the writer and the producers decided to do, and, and it's interesting that you mixed it up, because it really is one of the very few movies where the girl doesn't get the guy. There's somewhere the guy doesn't get the girl, <laughs> but that doesn't, that doesn't really wear on you the same way as the girl not getting the guy so it broke convention in that way with just a simple idea and uh in doing so it also made an argument for um for love you know and that's what people uh are still responding to in yeah. that movie the other thing that people respond to in my best friend's wedding i gotta be honest with you it's julia mm. it's simply her face and her performance and her persona um, it's at its at, at its best in that movie, uh, along with her other great films. Um, but it, people literally still just find her irresistible. Yes, even when she's doing terrible things like she does in the movie. Yeah, she's, she's yeah. the villain. <laughs> yeah, and that movie, too, has the element of, um, I saw it again not too many years ago, and I was um, struck by how... Um, how sad her character is, really. Yeah. So it, it plays into that long tradition, too, where you can sort of picture Harold Lloyd or one of those actors from the 20s that was so heartfelt. Like, the sad clown mm. is something that I don't think the movies make uh, the most of, and that movie did, and people don't really know what it is they're responding to, but they always will respond to somebody who's sad and funny. Yeah. It's a great combination, and that's what she was. She's a lot sadder character 
in that movie, then you remember and you see it and you realize she's desperate. So, as you said, she does these terrible things, mm. but you understand why and you're pulling for her even though she's doing the wrong thing. It's a great formula for that, uh, and for it, that story. It, it, it really does make it special. And the movie was special, made over $300 million worldwide. Was there ever yeah. talk about doing a sequel to My Best Friend's Wedding? Well, you know what? That movie was made before... Uh, what I would call the sequel mania. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I think the fact that they never tried to make a sequel only honors its quality um, separately so that it's not judged within its own subset of several movies or what happens next or where did they go from there. Those are all questions. I mean, the, the fact that people have asked me about sequels all these years is great. I also think it's great that one was never made. Yeah. yeah, that's true. We agree. I agree. And yeah. you were mentioning yeah. working with Julia again on August Sage County. It's a very different film, like you said, but was it? did it feel the same? Did you have the same chemistry with Julia? <laughs> well, you know, in a way we, we did. You know, really the only thing that I can see that's different from her between these two movies is a couple of kids and reading glasses. That's <laughs> it. Everything else is exactly the same. So we had... Uh, the most phenomenal time working together again, running lines um, in, um, on those tough scenes she had and uh, just waking up early and having a coffee with your friend before you go to set was just, uh, you, you know, to go around again with her. Uh, I'll just never forget either of these movies and the experience of making them um, with one of my best friends. It's incredible. Oh, that's uh, Incredibly great. lucky. So well, yeah. well this, this, like we said, it, it, August Osage County is a very different movie than My Best Friend's Wedding. And boy, everyone still talks about the scene where Julia attacks Meryl. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what was that. What was it like she, filming uh, that scene? How many took, takes yeah, did they have I mean, to do? She did that for real and took, uh, took her out. Um, <laughs> you guys, I hate to tell this, my union breaks over. I got to go right back into the scoring stage. So I want to thank you for having me uh, on. Thank you Thanks so, so much, much for we joining us on time. Profiles. Thank you so much, Dermot. You, you bet. Take care, Have guys. a great Thanks day. Again. Perfect. Thank you. All right, take it easy. Bye. Bye. Yay! So nice Great. of him to call. Way to go! In, just in his little break, he was on a break. That's and so he took cool. the time out to call into profiles oh, and talk about his you, good Dermot. friend Julia Rob- Roberts. That's amazing. That is amazing. That's so sweet. And we're talking about my best friend's wedding, which I still really love. And one thing that f- freaks me out about it uh, is the fact that um, it's just—it's weird when you get older. And you watch a film again, and you realize that you are now older than the characters and the actors in it. Yep. So oh, when yeah. I was rewatching this, it, it freaked me out a little that, okay, so Julia was 30 years old when she made My Best Friend's Wedding, but her character was 27. And the whole premise is that her and her best friend say if they're not married by the time they're 28, they will get married to each other because 28 is old and you're over the hill when you're 28 and you've got to get Great. married. Hooray. That's crazy. And then Cameron Diaz was tw- 25 when she made the film. Her character was supposed to be 20. So her character's 20 years old and getting married and I'm just going to end up an old man. Well, one other thing I, going back and watching a lot of these movies, especially My Best Friend's Wedding and even Pretty Woman, is when you look at the cell phones, oh, which yeah. are huge. In My Best Friend's Wedding best at friend's the beginning wedding. when she brings out the big cell phone and she pulls out the aerial. Yeah. And also when she's sending the email and it looks so old now. So old. But I love the scene when we're talking about how it is kind of, Dermot was saying how her character is kind of sad. That moment when when 
Kimberly, Cameron Diaz's character, runs off and then he goes to chase her and then Julia goes to chase him yeah. and she's on the phone with George, played by Rupert Everett, Rupert Everett. who's fantastic, and he go- George goes, but who's chasing you? Mm-hmm. Nobody is chasing you. And that is such a sad moment and a big realisation that, okay, maybe he, he wants to choose someone else. He just doesn't love you in that way. Right. But Rupert Everett. He was so great he in this film. This he still makes me laugh. He stole this movie. He's only in a few scenes, yeah. but he just took the ball and ran with it, it's so like to speak. It's like that I Say a Little Prayer scene could have been so cheesy. And it is, but in a really sweet way. Right. That I mean, it just a, makes you laugh. It's, a, it's cheesy in a way that you would you would want from a romantic comedy like yeah. this. You know, there's certain cliches about romantic comedies that get old, but when they're played just right like that scene yes. in this movie. And Rupert Everett, after people saw... Mm-hmm. After women, especially, saw my best friend's wedding, every woman, every woman wanted a gay best friend. Yes, I'm still looking for one, so apply within. Well, Schmoville <laughs> loves uh, my best friend's wedding as well. Terry Edmonds says, my best friend's wedding is my Julia Roberts first blood. I love when people use our terminology. Yes, isn't it great? The sing-along in the restaurant, as we're talking about, really made the film for me. It always brings a smile to my face when I think about it. Rupert Everett complimented Julia's performance perfectly, and their scenes together make this my favorite Julia Roberts film. Well, Rachel Cushing, who is just really an awesome film She's critic. Great. She's a great writer and a lovely, delightful person. Yeah. She writes about My Best Friend's Wedding. I feel that Julia Roberts is at her most effortless in My Best Friend's Wedding. She has natural chemistry with every one of her co-stars, Dora mm-hmm. Mulroney, Rupert Everett, even Cameron Diaz. Yeah. And she shines as a woman who, even though she does some extreme and even terrible things to her best friend, it's all rooted in an honest fear of being left alone. Mm. And she does it all while being her fun and funny self. The movie is a deceptive rom-com since it does not end in the happily ever after way you'd expect. Yes. But that's what elevates the story and Julia keeps us invested the whole way through. And Dermot was so right that that is very rare in a romantic comedy. And I think, to my point of like these films not getting made anymore because they're putting all their money into the big superhero films and there's these really tiny indies that people make themselves. But if that movie happened now, I feel like there would be more people watching it, more test audiences, more cooks in the kitchen when it comes to the studios. And there might be a few people saying, you know what, maybe change the ending, make it happy. Because these days, studios can't afford to take risks. Back then, they had DVD sales and DVD sales was a huge part of their revenue. Now they have to Not sell so things much. overseas. So. Right. The, the nicer tied up the ending, the better. I, I agree. I, when I was watching it again, I was thinking, you know, I'll bet that ending would not have flied if they tried to make yeah. my best friend's wedding today. Yes. But it's but it was made the way it was. It's perfect. Yep. I actually like it more now than I did when it came out, which is what Dharma was saying when he yeah. graciously joined us in between <laughs> oh, studio I breaks. I love that. And that him cool? and Julia worked so well together. But as, as Rachel mentioned in her uh, comment that, she works so well with so many people. That's why for the player, we're going to be talking about her fabulous male coaster. Her leading men, starting with, well, there's one leading man who I would love, to, we would love to see Julia work more with. Yeah. It is George, George Clooney. Clooney, Danny Ocean and Ocean's 11 and Ocean's 12. You know, in the first movie, they didn't have a lot of scenes together. Mm-hmm. It was a true ensemble. And in most of the scenes they had together up until the end, they were combative. Yeah. I mean, he was being charming, but she was resisting because she was with Andy Garcia. But even during those combative moments, 
they had so much chemistry that the the screen just burst into flames. Well, they're two of the most charming people in Hollywood, I would say, charming actors working today. They both have big star power. They both have this old Hollywood feel about them. I always talk about how George Clooney is like Cary Grant. So together, especially when they were going head to head, that was wonderful to see. And they're friends in real life, so they have great chemistry. She she had good chemistry too with Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington in the Pelican brief yeah came out in 1993 yeah this was like you know it's business mm-hmm. but in the book based on the, the john grisham book it was a little more than business and the character that denzel washington played in the book was actually white and the two characters had a sex scene right and at the time when it came out they thought it was too controversial for the two of them to have a sex oh, scene so they on. dropped that i mean get over hollywood. it hollywood come on hollywood people let's get over this That's but, ridiculous. but a smart movie great to, they made a they made for a great team mm-hmm. definitely an above average Julia Roberts movie and a great leading man in Denzel Washington yeah and then you were talking about Bruce Willis the the two little scenes that they had the player and Ocean's 12 those two are fantastic together big action star big rom-com star coming together and even though she co-starred with Brad Pitt in Ocean's 11 and Ocean's 12 I mean she really co-starred with him in The Mexican not the best movie not a, eh, eh, I think actually eh, you're being kind but those two together but they're great yes <laughs> <laughs> but the two of them are great yes the two of them are fantastic and they're, they're not in a lot of scenes together in fact Julie spends most of her screen time with James Gandolfini that's right but it was still really cool to see them together in a film and I think just having Having their presence mm-hmm. in a movie, a movie like that, makes it somewhat worth seeing. It's not a movie I would rush out to see it again. If I was flipping through the channels and I came across the Mexican, like, uh, I might be like, yeah, why not? Yeah, why, why not? Why not? And then tell me about Patrick Berg. Patrick Berg, just because, listen, <laughs> sleeping with the enemy yeah. is so over the top, and he is so over the top, and of course he plays the obsessive, compulsive, crazy freak show husband <laughs> who like keeps all the cans lined up and all the, the towels in the bathroom lined up. That's right. And like, you know, when she, when she escapes and he thinks that she fell off the boat and she drowned and he's like Laura! Laura! (laughs) Then he follows her to the town and he's just like, you know, just with this really creepy look in his eye. Not a great leading man, but it's so over the top we just had to include Patrick Bergen. to include him. And now I want to do a huge shout out to Leanne LeCoutier and all of our profilers who have taken part in this week's brackets. Yes, tell us about the brackets, Alicia. On our Facebook page, which is Profiles, Profiles with, with Malona Mance on the Schmoes Known Network. Network. Make sure you give that a like and participate in these competitions that they have. So this week it was all about Julia Roberts' characters. And after several rounds, they got down to the final, which was Vivian from Pretty Woman versus Erin Brockovich. Okay. Who, who do you won? think won? It's got to be Vivian. It's got to be Vivian. It's got to be Vivian. Erin Brockovich, such a fantastic character, but Schmoville says that Vivian from Pretty Woman is their favorite Julia Roberts character. I have to agree. I have to agree. I think if they went with Erin Brockovich, it would have been a big mistake. Big. Huge. huge. And I, might have to go shopping. Have to go shopping. <laughs> but yes, while we are at it, talking about these brackets, please, a third plug for Profiles with Malona Mance on the Schmozo Network. That is the name of our Facebook page please go like our facebook page join in in the fun when and comment on your favorite movies why you love these movies join in the fun with the brackets recommend 
recommend our Facebook page to your friends. Mm -hmm. Tell them to like it too because if they love movies, they're going to want to join in on the fun too. And while you are at it, take a moment right now. This is very, very important. Please go to iTunes and subscribe to Profiles and rate and review us on iTunes. These ratings and reviews and subscriptions for iTunes Profiles are really – Really, what's crucial to our survival? We need these ratings and reviews and to get all these great guests, yes, and everything else. You can also watch this show on youtubecom podcast. But as of I think maybe next week, we're moving to a new channel. It's youtubecom talk. So make sure you go there and subscribe. You might notice if you're watching on YouTube the uh, the Popcorn Talk logo down yeah, the bottom right down here. The bottom. <laughs> this is a new network that we are going to be part of, so it's all very exciting. But yes, you will have to subscribe again. So please do that. For please us. do that for us, so we can come back week after we week. We want to keep the momentum going. We're keeping the momentum going. Profiles is on a roll. We hope you're loving it watching it and listening to it as much as we love doing Mm -hmm. it. And that brings us back to the show. Time for our quiz show. This is going to be easy. I mean, you just love this movie so much, Alicia Malone. Yes. That I'm just going to just, it's a given. It's a given. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. So my question for you is in Pretty Woman, what was the song that Julia was singing in the bathtub with her headphones on? Extra time and your... Kiss. Yeah, I love that scene. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, you got, got it. it. Good job. Well, this one's going to be easy for you because you also you already kind of mentioned it. But which role did Julia turn down, which ended up going to Meg Ryan? These two have interesting parallel careers. So Julia turned down this role. It ended up going to Meg Ryan. Was it Sleepless in Seattle? Was it When Harry Met Sally? Or was it You've Got Mail? Well, uh, is it when Harry met Sally? Yeah. Wow, no, they actually, slipped. No, it wasn't. No. It was Sleepless in Seattle. It was Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot. So, yeah, Meg Ryan was going to do... Uh, yeah, Steel Magnolias. And then end up doing When Harry Met Sally. Meanwhile, Julia was offered Sleepless in Seattle and ended up going to Meg Ryan. Well, there you go. So there you go. Like it. Let's just lay it all to sort of everything but works t- out in the to, end. To... Uh, to America's sweethearts. Well, Julie Roberts has made some fantastic movies yep. and she's made some okay movies, but you've got to expect that after 35 films yep. that she's made. So our good, bad, ugly segment is back. Underrated. I'm going to choose Closer. Why? 2004, Mike Nichols, all about adultery. It's probably one of Julia's darkest roles. It's also surprisingly one of her sexiest because she gets quite explicit with the things she talks about. I think this is a really underrated movie and yep. she's fantastic in it. I, I like I like Closer a lot. And on the Mike Nichols note, yes. my underrated is 2007's Charlie Wilson's War. Oh, yeah, with Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. I mean, Julie's not in it that much, but she definitely stands out big time in uh-huh. her roles, especially when she gets out of the pool in that Oh, bikini. yeah, I remember that. Good gosh. But this is a razor-sharp <laughs> satire about the Cold War, which was just as relevant about the War on Terror. Great screenplay by Aaron Sorkin, directed by Mike Nichols. Challenging and complex, great dialogue and fully realized characters. Well, Dan Skip Allen agrees with you. He says that Charlie Wilson's War still resonates with me today because of all the strife in the Middle East. Her character of Joanne was so different from anything she has played in the past or since. Way to go, Dan Skip Allen. He is an awesome profile. We love him. He is an awesome profile. Okay, what's your bad? My bad is America's Sweetheart. Yeah, it's pretty bad. came out in 2001. (laughs) Julia was underused. She played the assistant to Catherine Zeta-Jones 
Jones's famous actress character. She's in a fat suit for some of it. She loses the weight. She gets the guy. It's just not that funny. You know, interesting that that talking about America's Sweethearts, so many times that Julia has either directly been the character or associated with the character that was in the business. Oh, yeah. Okay, you got the player. You got, uh, you got Notting, Notting Hill, Hill. You got... Uh, Ocean's 12, sort of. Ocean's 12, sort of. Right. And now, and now America's Sweethearts. Yes. So it's definitely a, 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 an area that she likes and gravitates to because she, she likes to make to fun it. of it. Yeah. She <laughs> likes to make fun of it. Well, my bad. I know that it's your, it's your right stuff. Uh-huh. But my bad is actually Ocean's to Ocean's 12. 12. Well, yeah, I love that scene, but yeah, I yeah, agree with you. It's not great. It's not just fantastic. the first one was so clever and fun and cool. They tried to do too much with Ocean's 12. But at the same time, it felt just lazy mm. and it just didn't pop and it just felt very uninspired. And I just felt like everybody just basically walked through the movie. They just tried to stuff as much as they could in there, but it just didn't work. It did not work. Well, my ugly is, is Valentine's Day. Yeah, it's pretty ugly. 2010. It's not Julia's fault. I just hate these ensemble movies that just have these convenient reasons to have all these intersecting storylines. They make no sense. They are ridiculous. I don't even think they're good escapist fun. Like he's just not that into you. And- yeah. Yeah, I hate, I hate all that stuff. New and Julia is, she does her best, but she doesn't have much to do. The right. only good thing was to see her and then her niece, Emma Roberts, in the and, same movie. And the post credit scene. Oh, where yeah. she's telling the limo driver, big mistake, big, huge. Huge, yeah, that yeah, was good. That was the it best was, scene in the movie. Obviously, this was a favor for Gary, Gary Marshall. Marshall. I'll, I'll forgive her for that. My ugly is I love trouble. Oh, yeah. Boy, was that... A, a, a misconceived, misbegotten movie from 1994. Julia Roberts and Nick Nolte. That's right. No chemistry whatsoever. It's a screwball comedy without the comedy. Without the comedy. Well, let's get back to the good stuff. The Fast, Fast Five, Five number two is... Okay, look, I think we got off on the wrong foot here. That's all you got, lady. Two wrong feet and ugly shoes. <laughs> Aaron Brockovich. Aaron Brockovich released March 17, 2000. <laughs> nominated for five Academy Awards. Won one. Best Actress Julia Roberts. Woohoo! Woohoo! Directed love- by Soderbergh. Soderbergh. And I love Julia's speech when she went up the stage to collect her Oscar in that black dress. That's right. And she flashed that smile and that, that laugh and she said, I like it up here. <laughs> yeah. Great. And the interesting thing about Soderbergh he had a great year in 2000 because mm-hmm. he did Aaron Brockovich and he did Traffic. Both yep. of those movies were nominated for five Oscars each. They were both nominated for Best Picture and Best Director. And Aaron Brockovich won Best Actress yep. for Julia and Traffic won Best Director for Stoderberg, even though Best Picture went to Gladiator. But what an outstanding year. So he lost to himself or he's, he won over himself. He beat himself. Whichever you want to say. Well, that's what that's I like impressive. about this film. I mean, Soderbergh, he's a great indie director and he brought those same sensibilities to a big blockbuster and, well, not blockbuster, but you know, a big budget film. On paper, this could have been a really boring, schmaltzy biopic. It could have been completely glossed over, but it's not at all. Rewatching it again, I forgot how raw it is, how funny it is, how profane her character is, and how she really goes for it. She is feisty in this role. She chucks a lot of tanties, like we say in Australia, chucks a lot of tantrums, 
and she looks great in a push-up bra and she does it all with the baby on a hip she shows the vulnerability to the character as well as the fierceness well this is the role this is the performance of her career the kind of role that any actress would kill for mm. and Joya just really made the most of it in every sense of the word and it, it really played into every one of her strengths because it was sexy it was tough it yep. was funny it was vulnerable it was dramatic what more do you want from a performance yeah, she you... had great chemistry <laughs> with, right. with Ed Masry but played by Albert Finney you know, it's a great David versus Goliath story mm-hmm. the way they take on this uh, Pacific Gas and Electric a $28 billion company and emerged victorious with a $333 million uh, uh, win yeah, and it shows the the difficulty that she had, Aaron Brockovich had, between wanting to, to do a good job and to get the money for the victims. She really feels for them in a way that a lawyer doesn't usually. And then wanting to be a good mother and a right. good person. And she couldn't do both at the same time. She couldn't be there for her kids and also be there for the victims. But she ended up winning in the end. It's a very inspiring story. It's an inspiring story. And listen, she's a single mother of three, hits rock bottom. She barely has a dollar to her name, mm. and uh, she she finds her calling, takes the ball, runs with it, <laughs> and look what happens. I know. She won all that money for the victims, and this is a true story, and then she got $2 million herself that as a bonus. I love that scene where she is so ready to just fire off at Albert Finney's character just going, oh, because he says, oh, well, uh, I, I decided that your bonus, uh, I would reconsider how much I'm going to pay you, and she automatically thinks he's going to lowball her but so she goes off at him and then she looks down she realizes that he's given her much more money than she expected great ending great great ending. great ending and well, this made what 250 million 250 million and when julia roberts won the oscar for best actress she became one of two actresses who were left-handed to win oscars for playing right-handed oh, characters yeah. and she actually did it for the film she learned to how to write with her right hand. Do you know who the other actress is? No. Nicole Kidman for The Hours. Hey. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Australian oi, represent. Oi, oi. Well, Christopher Day also loves Erin Brockovich. She says, Julie Roberts' best film is Erin Brockovich. She's a struggling mum who begs for her children. That shows a real woman movement doing the right thing to provide for her needs and should be seen by everyone. Dan Skip Allen. Again, Dan Skip Allen. What is up with you? He is awesome. Julie Roberts plays every woman and every woman at struggling who was a struggling mom she finds a job as a legal secretary after begging and she actually says don't make, yeah, me, don't beg make me beg for a better chance because no one will help her she gets more than she bargained for in this crotchety boss and the lawsuit that drops on her lap this was a real woman and roberts hit this role out of the park she does and so that brings us to our fast five number one which i think you can guess is big mistake big huge i have to go shopping now Pretty Not a big woman. mistake for us. Pretty Woman, it's number one, like released on March 23rd, 1990, directed by Gary Marshall, made $463 million wow. worldwide in 1990. One of the most successful commercially rom-coms of all time and one of the most loved. Yes, one of the best romantic comics of all time. It was supposed to be a really dark tale originally. It was going to be like a, a cautionary tale of prostitution and class and the seedy side of Los Angeles, but it ended up being one of the most romantic films ever it is, made. It's so romantic. So sweet. And it's about well. a hooker with a heart of gold. Yeah, you wouldn't think it would be cute and charming and that and that Julie it's Julie Roberts. I mean, that character on paper could be trashy and horrible, uh, but she makes her so likable, so charming. She's completely herself. 
and she's just lovely. Again and again, nominated for an Academy Award and yeah. she for Best Actress. And that I was the that. All, this was the second year in a row that Julia Roberts was her film's only Oscar nominee. Hmm. Still Magnolia's eighty nine and Pretty Woman in 1990. And That's made pretty her outstanding. A star. But yes, I mean, Steel Magnolia's made her famous. Yeah. This is the movie that made her a star, star. superstar, super duper star. Everyone knew Julia Roberts after this film, and like we said before, it's a movie you can rewatch and still enjoy. All those great moments, so much great dialogue. I love the scene when he goes down to the bar. He's looking for her, and uh, she goes, <laughs> uh, "You're late," and he goes, "You're stunning," and she goes, "You're forgiven." Oh, it's so great. Um, so I love much great dialogue. The moment that we were mentioning before, which is improvised, Julia Roberts wasn't feeling so well one day. So Richard Gere, when they were filming the scene where he gives her some jewelry, decided to snap the box on her hand. It was improvised, and that laugh she gives it's is genuine. so wonderful because it is a genuine laugh. The chemistry between these two are big. It's a big reason why it works because. Yeah, on paper, she is a hooker, he is a ruthless businessman, but together they save each other and they're so sweet. It is a Cinderella story. Total Cinderella story. The end of the movie. I mean, who, who, how could you not love the end of that film? Yeah. And again, Julie playing someone who is sexy, mm-hmm. tough, vulnerable, and funny and dramatic. Again, another role that just played right into her strengths. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hector Elizondo, also great as the hotel manager. He's, he's like, like the, this guardian angel. He's like the fairy godfather. Yes. Yeah, in, in the Cinderella story. Yeah, because originally he's like, you know, the, the yeah. like, you know, uh, 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 so she's Senor your niece. niece. I think we both know she is not my niece. <laughs> but uh, real rags to Rich's story. And uh, uh, Richard Gere and Julia Roberts worked together again in 1999 for, for Runaway, Runaway Bride. Bride. Not as good, but still good to see them together because they are so great together. Another scene I love is at the opera. When she gets the glasses, she's like, these are broken. Mine are broken. And then she's watching it and, oh, she goes, oh, there's a band. <laughs> and then she starts crying. And then at the end when the the old lady says, oh, did you enjoy it? Oh, I loved it so much I almost peed my pants. What did she say? She said she liked it better, better than, than Pirates, Pirates of Penzance. So quotable. Slippery little suckers. I could just go on for days. Well, one, my right stuff originally that I was going to go for until you inspired me <laughs> to pick the Bruce Willis one was the scene in the bar and Richard Gere is playing the piano. And, and it's a, he's just so vulnerable and feels so defeated and so lonely and he needs her. Mm. It's the first time you really see that he needs her. And she's, she's sitting on the piano and he tells the guys Super in the room sexy. to beat it. It is a sexy scene and he starts, you know, getting intimate with her and he wants to kiss her. Yeah. But she doesn't. Yeah. She's still not kissing him on the lips. Turns her But head. it is still a very, very sexy scene. And I love anytime there's a press junket at the Rage Bev. Well, it's the Pretty Woman Hotel. hotel. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, it's just the best. So Tyler Myers also enjoys Pretty Woman. I love when guys like movies like this said, I love Pretty Woman because it's such a fun, breezy, and utterly charming film. The chemistry between the loose and carefree Julia Roberts and the strict and uptight Richard Gere is absolutely fantastic. And the film balances out hilarious comedy and romantic poignancy really well. Even though this movie is labeled as a chick flick, I believe this is a film that everyone can enjoy. And Liam Logan. Grand, great profile, great Beatles fan. My favorite Julia Roberts film is Pretty Woman. She steals the show, brings a carefree feeling to her humor, yeah. and has excellent chemistry with Richard Gere. But the reason why Pretty Woman is a great film is because it feels like a modern day twist on My Fair Lady. Woo, woo, 
boo. True. Uh, I always seen Richard Gere as Rex Harrison's character and Julia Roberts as Audrey Hepburn's character. Yeah. Excellent point. Excellent perspective. And we agree. So let's recap our fast, fast five. five. Number five, Steel, Steel Magnolias. Magnolias. Number four, Notting, Notting Hill. Hill. Number three, My, my best, best Friend's Wedding. wedding. Number two, Aaron, Aaron Brockovich. Brockovich. Number one, Pretty, Pretty Woman. Woman. And so next week is nothing we're off next week we're taking a break taking a week off she's going on vacation I'm going to Hawaii she's going to Hawaii I'm staying here in LA I'm just going to just you know keep busy here see lots of movies but then the week after when Profiles returns we will be with that's what I love about these high school girls man I get older they stay the same age Richard Link later. Not Matthew McConaughey. Not Matthew McConaughey. Much, yeah, but a great filmmaker. Richard Linklater will be talking about all his films, including Boyhood, which we both really Loved. enjoyed. I can't wait to get stuck into watching these again. And listen, Richard Linklater has made commercial films like School of Rock, mm-hmm. and he's made indie films like not just Boyhood, what are we but choose? Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, Before Midnight. What are we going to choose as our number one? I don't know. Or any of the movies on our Fast Five. Well, we have two weeks to figure that out, I'll Alicia. be watching them in Hawaii. I hope you guys enjoyed our Julia Roberts episode and appreciate the effort we went to. Especially hers. <laughs> For this, uh, we will see you in, in two, two weeks. weeks. See you Bye. next time. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Spitek, Christian Harloff, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.